Free agency opened with plenty of movement around the NFL, especially with quarterbacks, but one of the quieter teams was the Kansas City Chiefs. There are a few reasons for that, and beat writer Sam McDowell and columnist Vahe Gregorian break them down on Sportsbeat KC, the Star's daily sports podcast. It's Thursday, March 19th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Let's get right to it with Vahe and Sam. All right, guys, what's going on? <laughs> Luckily, Sam McDowell is is covering the uh, the most um, compelling sports news stuff going right now, right? I mean, as far as pure sports, Sam McDowell on it. By most compelling, I think you mean only. Yeah, that's correct. Um, I, I was mentioning this to someone earlier. It's the it's if sports can happen over a phone. It's happening, right? Uh, because if it's happening on a field or a court or a um, you know on grass or whatever, it's, it's not happening. But but there's plenty to talk about. It's free agency week with the Chiefs. We're recording this on Thursday afternoon and trying to keep up with the latest developments. There's been a lot going going on in the NFL. A lot of players, prominent players, changing teams. Oh, so many quarterbacks. We'll get into those in a, in, a, in a minute, but let's let's just talk about the Chiefs and what has happened this week. The you know the the two two biggest pieces of news involved defensive linemen. Let's let's take them um, in kind of reverse chronological order. Frank Clark had to uh, restructure his contract, and uh, what was that about, Sam? Yeah, just just kind of a technicality, really, to to, to get under the uh, the. To abide by the league rules, which is when the when the new league year started on Wednesday afternoon, you've got to have your top fifty one salaries under the new salary cap, which is about one hundred ninety eight point two million. And so, to do that, they converted some of Frank Clark's base salary into a signing bonus, so that rather than that five million dollars applying on this year's cap, it can be spread over the remainder of his contract, which is the next four years. So you get hurt on the back end, it helps you on the front end, and basically what that allows you to do is take a little bit more time in making your biggest decisions, which are what are you going to do with Sammy Watkins and what are you going to do with Chris Jones? Yeah, the front end is what, uh, what everybody's kind of concerned about right now because um, the Chiefs see this uh, as a window of opportunity coming off the Super Bowl victory and keeping based on what we've seen this week in free agency, keeping this team largely together. Now we'll get to Chris Jones here in a minute, but don't you think, Vahe, that that's what's um, what we're seeing with the Chiefs? They made the big ads last year with um, with, with Frank Clark and Teran Matthew. In fact, it was a year ago today. Today is Thursday that uh, Teran Matthew signed a free agent contract Ooh. with the Chiefs. So um, I, I think it's about keeping the band together. That's a great point about that anniversary. I mean, that, that became a much more meaningful acquisition than, than certainly I expected it to be. And, and uh, I think it's emblematic of the point you're making. I mean, they, they built the band over the course of the last year. And now I think what we've seen early on here is a willingness to part with some, not, not fringe players, that's not the right way to put it, but, but guys that are maybe beyond the, uh, the really absolute core of why they're a contender for years to come. I mean, they, I think they've, I don't know if they have an active list, like these are the guys we have to keep, but I bet you they have something like that. I mean, that like we're not, we will not part with these guys. And then of course there's the questions about a guy like Chris Jones, who I, I'm sure they dearly want to keep, but uh, Sam McDowell I think has insight on um, what the reality of that is. 
Hey. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they would love to have Chris Jones back, but, you know, I mean, heck, I, I wish my house had, uh, you know, seven bedrooms in it. It was, it was five <laughs> stories. Um, so, I, I mean, ideally, and I, I absolutely think they're, they're going to look into what can they do to try and get Chris Jones under the salary cap. And the, the new, and Sam Melinger wrote a great column about this, and he's absolutely right, that the structure of the new CBA to where you can sort of pick which years the heaviest portion of the salaries hits maybe offers them a chance to, to try and keep Chris Jones and still wiggle that number under the cap. But um, I still think that, you know, if I'm a betting, betting man, you know, I wouldn't put a lot of money on it, but I still think that the best chance is, is, a, is a tag and trade scenario. And obviously, they, they've already done the tag portion of that. Right. That's why he was um, he was designated non-exclusive, right? Uh, that's If it was yeah. exclusive, that would be the Chiefs only negotiating with him, but it's not. It's, it's every team. And then Jones put out that somewhat uh, cryptic text uh, or tweet earlier this week, right? Uh, I forgot exactly what it said, but... Um, it's sort yeah, of been, it's been you know, fun. What's interesting about the, the non-exclusive tag is it, other teams can negotiate with them, but you got to give up a couple of first-round picks if you right. sign him. Right. And let's face it, that would be a fantastic return for Chris Jones. So if another team wants to negotiate with Chris Jones and sign him and give up two first-round picks, the Chiefs have an opportunity to match. But at that point, I, I think you've got to let him go and say, we'll take the two first-rounders. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, that's... I was thinking, um, you know, DeForest Buckner from the 49ers when was traded to the Colts. Uh, Buckner playing the same position, right? The defensive tackle. His yeah. a- his average salary is going to end up being what, like twenty one million with with the with Indianapolis, yeah. and the Colts gave up a first round pick for him. So it seems like the parameters have been set for that position with the DeForest Buckner trade. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, not just the first round pick, but the thirteenth overall. Thirteenth overall, right? So, uh, yeah, a really good first round pick. I mean, you're talking about the top half of the first round. Um, but I agree with you; the market's been set. But I think mostly that's financially. I think trade market. Yes, there has been a trade made, but uh, it, it, you've got to still find a partner that's willing to give up something. I don't think anybody else in the league is looking at that deal and saying they're going to top that to get Chris Jones. Uh, I'm sure that Chris Jones' representation is looking at that deal saying we want to top what he's getting financially uh, reciprocated for, for his play. But um, I don't see another team giving up a 13th overall pick to get Chris Jones just, just because you saw another pretty similarly uh, skilled player and obviously the same position uh, guy go, go for that in, in the trade market. Okay, so of the, of the players that the Chiefs have lost, um, Kendall Fuller, to, to Washington, Emmanuel Agba signed with Miami, um, Cameron Irving and Xavier Williams also gone from the Chiefs. Is is one? Does one of those guys stand out as a? Oh my gosh, what are the Chiefs going to do? Or what a? Is it that there's a loss that they can't compensate for? What's the? What's the? Taken collectively, what might be the? You know, the, the most the loss that would affect the Chiefs the most. I, I personally think that's probably still to come. I mean, when you look at when you look at the guys that they've already lost, um, I, I, I think you know Agba had a good season for them. They got as much out of him as you probably would have expected. I mean, he set a career high in sacks before he had the torn uh, muscle in his chest. But 
to me, I, I think the guy that I, I find them having a difficult time get, getting back is Bashard Breland. And he hasn't signed yet. The cornerbacks are, are going for more money this offseason. And considering what we've already said about the Chiefs having to make another move just to fit under the cap, I, just, I have a difficult time seeing how Bashard Breland fits under the cap. I mean, for two years now, he's signed these one-year prove-it deals, and he proved it this year. He had a great year, uh, made some big plays and some big moments, and I think it's time for him to get paid. I just I don't see it happening in Kansas City. So when I look at their roster and say, you know, who's the guy that, that you are probably going to miss that's probably going to be elsewhere, I think it's Breland. Okay. I, it just I, I, My answer to this is more of a question, and, and I might I might be mixing apples and oranges a little bit, but but – for both you guys, Sam particularly, I, how do you, um, if you had to choose between Watkins and Breland, right, If and that's a false choice in a way, but I mean, wh- which would you sooner part with? Which would hurt the Chiefs more? Which is harder to replace with what they have in store and with what they might be able to procure during the draft? Yeah, it's a really interesting question, uh, and you almost wonder if they've asked themselves that question. Um, but with, with, with Watkins... Uh, it all depends on what he's willing to re- renegotiate his number. Because obviously the, the $21 million he's counting against the cap is, is, is not doable. Uh, what The other interesting piece of this is there's really good wide receivers in, in this draft. We know that. Uh, but there's also some pretty good quarterbacks in this draft. I don't think it's quite as deep as the receiver class is, but that certainly uh, could factor into that decision because late in that first round, you can get some of these good receivers that I think fit this offense. Um, now, Breland played, what, 15 games last year. Sammy Watkins was, was hurt with three or four different injuries. Uh, he hasn't been reliable to be on the field over the, in the couple years he's been here. Um, so... All offseason, I've been saying that I, I don't see Sammy Watkins being back. The fact that that was not the move to get under the cap, I think, signals that perhaps they are going to try and work something out. Um, we know Brett Beach talked to his representation at the Combine. Those conversations have been ongoing. Um, so, so maybe, after all, Watkins is back. But to me, to, to my question, and I'll let Blair answer it as well, I, I kind of think Breland might be the more, more valuable piece if, if you can get him near the same number. Well, I agree with that. And, and look, the Chiefs can't do anything unless something happens with Watkins or Jones in terms of, you know, uh, so Jones is what sixteen million toward the cap, right? And then, and uh, yeah. as you said, Watkins twenty one million. The, you know, the, one of those guys has to. One, of, they're not going to keep both of them, not, not unless Watkins restructures. Um, so the Chiefs can't do anything until uh, until one of the, they get some relief from you know by, by parting ways I think with one of those guys. Hey, let's take a break and we'll be we'll be right back with Vahe Gregorian and Sam McDowell. Hey, it's Blair. Hey, we have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners: unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns we have to offer. And it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. For your convenience, your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50, unless you tell us to cancel. A lot of subscription services won't tell you that. They'll just sneak it on there. We just told you. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. We're back talking Chiefs with Sam McDowell and Vahe Gregorian. Um, 
Sam, I wanted to ask you about a player that the Chiefs decided to uh, they exercised the option to to on, and and that's linebacker Damian Wilson. He would have been a been a, about I think a four four and a half million dollar um, contract. Uh, kind of raised some eyebrows. Uh, you know, you won't. I don't think you would list him as the you know among the top maybe two or three most valuable defensive players and. And maybe could have found some some space, some cap space by letting him go, but they brought him back. What was what's the what's the value of Damian Wilson? You know, Damian Wilson had to play most of last year out of a, a different position than what they had intended when they brought him here on, on the different side of that linebacking core because Darren Lee flat out didn't work out when they when they traded for him. The plan was to have him Hitchens and uh, Lee Hitchens and, and Wilson start. Well, when when they decided that Lee just frankly wasn't cutting it they moved Wilson and so I, I think that they'd like to get somebody in the position they intended for Darren Lee last year so that Damian Wilson could play the position he was intended to play um, I frankly thought Damian Wilson showed some flashes early in the season now late in the year he wasn't the same guy um, he, you know he was thought to be a really good coverage linebacker I thought we saw that fade off late in the year but, but maybe that improves a little bit if he's playing the, the position that they like him to play Okay. They also, uh, you know, Damian Williams is back, the running back. No surprise there. Andrew Wiley, uh, the offensive guard, and um, Dion Yelder, the tight end. I saw a tweet today from I don't was it the Chiefs that tweeted out uh, Chad Henney had uh, was was signing his deal with, um, uh, with with the Chiefs, so they made a decision. Chad Henney over Matt Moore. Yeah, um, and, and Herbie and I had reported that a couple of days ago that that was going to be the case, but it, it surprised me a little bit, and I think it surprised Matt Moore a little bit as well. Matt Moore's going to have a market if he wants to continue to play, and obviously this is a guy that last year, uh, not his choice, was not in the league to open the year because he wasn't getting offers, but he played well in those two games, and I, I wondered if... Um, I, I thought he would be the, de- the decision because of his performance last year, but but they decided to go with Chad Henney as, as the back of the Patrick Mahomes, and so um, you know, like I said, there's a market out there for Matt Moore if he wants to continue playing, but but obviously it won't be here in Kansas City. It is interesting. I, I sort of thought Matt Moore, you know, had enough currency from what he did, and and we really haven't seen Chad Henney in any no. meaningful barely at all but any meaningful situation since he's been here but uh, it, it, you know who knows exactly what broke that down and it's it but it, it it surprised me too i thought just winning the vikings game yeah was was, uh, was was currency enough and he gets the w if you do that that way for the denver game too right yes, i mean is, he was right? the, the, sort of the quarterback of record after patrick you know yeah. hurt himself <laughs> well i mean look, let's face it they don't they don't have a, the same playoff route. They don't even get a bye last year if Matt Moore doesn't win that game because they're, they're, they're playing in, in that opening weekend if Matt Moore doesn't beat the Vikings. You know, what, what's interesting about that is before the year, Andy Reid told us that, you know, when they signed Chad Henney two years ago, it was a 50-50 coin toss between Chad Henney and Matt Moore. Well, Matt Moore proved he can work in your offense and he won a game for you. So that's why I thought, that Matt Moore would be the choice. You know, I think his rating was over 100 both games he played. Well, he sure, I thought he sure looked good. I mean, yeah, he really looked good. Didn't look like a guy who'd been coaching high school football a couple of weeks before that. I mean, that was um, – and, and what a great point you made about that that one-game difference. Reminds me a little bit of uh, Raul Ibanez's uh, 
home run and a one nothing win over the A's in, in 2014 that was the difference between the wild card game being a home game and a, an away game. Okay, so what about uh, so what about these other you know uh, old faces and new places? Uh, let's start with uh, Tom Brady with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Just so happens the Chiefs play at Tampa Bay this year. So instead of seeing Jameis Winston, uh, which was I thought would have been formidable enough with the season that Jameis Winston just had, they're, uh, they're among their NFC opponents. They're going to have to go to Tampa Bay and face Tom Brady, and go to New Orleans and face. Drew Brees. Um, I, I think that you know, hey, the Chiefs are also scheduled to play the Patriots, so they're, they're they, you know they're they're finding a new quarterback there. But uh, what, anything else stick out to you in terms of player movement? And, um, uh, and I, to be honest with you, I, I I think the Chiefs didn't didn't hurt themselves at all by um, you know having listen. They they were financially you know basically required to stay where they were. But the losses weren't heavy. Other teams seem to be making not desperate moves, but you know, win now type of moves. Brady to the Bucks, Philip Rivers to the Colts is another one. Um, Chiefs don't have to make those moves. That, that's yeah, I mean, true. Go ahead, Sam. Sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I, I agree with that. I think what, what's lost in this equation are the teams that are consistently good and good for long stretches of times don't build their teams through free agency. They build their teams through the draft. And that's what the Chiefs have done, with it, that they're, they're younger core of guys that have all been here since the beginning. And so why not stick with that plan? I mean, it got you to a Super Bowl. You still have a young core. Like Bobby mentioned, you still got a window open. Um, I don't see any of these contracts that have been made so far and thought that, wow, that, that, that's a bargain, that, that that's a guy that the Chiefs should have gotten at that number. Um, I know Chris Harris was, was a name out there that, that people were excited about because he's from Kansas, but if I'm going to pay $10 million to a cornerback, I'm going to pay $10 million to, to the cornerback that I know worked here last year but, and, and was a good fit for my system. I'm not going to give $10 million to Chris Harris. Okay, so what uh, going forward, what, what might we see the Chiefs do? What are some needs? Who are some free agents that are still left out there? Um, a lot of the good ones are gone for sure, but uh, in terms of need and uh, and availability, what what might we be looking at for the Chiefs? You know, I, I think that uh, the, the the first domino that has to fall is is the Chris Jones and Sammy Watkins situation because, as Blair you mentioned, you can't keep under the cap without uh, making a move on one of those two guys. Uh, beyond that, I think there's some guys that have already been on this roster that make a lot of sense to try and bring back. Um, if, if I'm the Chiefs, my priorities are, are Mike Pinnell. Uh, you know, I, I think Sherman probably comes back because he's a captain on special teams, play three, play three force those snaps. He's not going to be an expensive guy. Um, so, but beyond that, I think you've got to get a linebacker that can work well in coverage. If you feel confident about the draft, that's one thing. I don't think there's are a lot of those guys in the draft, but. We've seen a lot of movement with, with linebackers that are going for probably a little bit more money than some people expected, and I wonder if that's going to change the Chiefs' plans a little bit on how they fill that need. Uh, obviously, they need an interior lineman. They're going to need a cornerback. If you, if you lose Watkins, you need a receiver. But I think those are three needs you could potentially get in the draft. Well, I tell you what, I, I do think there's a wide receiver out there if they lost Watkins, a guy, Brashad Perryman for the Bucks, who came sure. on came on strong at the end of the season former first round pick i think you can pick him up for i don't know one five six million dollars for a year and and and, and maybe that is an option we'll we'll see but if that happens then i think the chiefs will have tipped their hand to which way they're going to go in the draft 
Yeah, what, what's interesting is the wide receiver market hasn't been there since free agency, and I think you can relate that to the depth of it in that position in the draft. Robbie Anderson, I think, for the Jets thought he was going to get a payday. He hasn't yet. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders is still out there, and I think he thought he'd be getting paid. Uh, so four days into this, you've got a lot of the, the top wide receivers on the market haven't really seen a lot of interest in those guys. And again, I think it's because you've got nine or ten guys in this draft that a lot of teams, I mean, Brett Beach told us at the combine, when him and his scouts were in, and the top, the top personnel department were looking over the tape of the wide receivers, he eventually turned to them and said, when are we going to see a guy we don't like? Um, <laughs> so they, they can absolutely improve that position in the draft. Okay. Hey, and one other uh, player outside of the Chiefs that we didn't talk about who moved changed addresses this week was DeAndre Hopkins. Um, man, what, what a, you know, look, he, he wanted more money. The Texans weren't going to give it, and, and they, they moved him along. But I, I don't know. That's, um, it gives you know, the Arizona Cardinals a, a, a nice weapon, but it weakens the Houston Texans. And, I, look, I see the Texans as certainly a, uh, a contender in, in the AFC with Deshaun Watson that their window – uh, is is open, but I think they got a little bit weaker with that one. I, I'm not sure. I, I see them as a contender as long as as long as <laughs> Bill O'Brien is running both the personnel department and coaching that team. I mean, I, I think all all three of us, at least sitting in that press box, whenever that wild card <laughs> game was going on, two or three moves, not in hindsight, just as soon as they were made, <laughs> we all said, "What is he doing?" Um, I can so vouch for that. I, I don't know. If I'm, if I'm a, first of all, it's got to be miserable being a Houston anything fan right now. Um, but uh, I, I don't think I've got a lot of confidence that Bill O'Brien's going to make that team uh, someone that can contend with a Patrick Mahomes team. And that that deal has got to be one of the worst trades. Made to look even worse when the Minnesota Vikings got a first and more for Stephon Diggs, who was a lesser wide receiver than DeAndre Hopkins. Exactly. <laughs> All right, great job, Sam. Great talking to you and to you, Vahe. And uh, Chiefs news will not stop, and neither will these conversations. So look for us again next week, Talking Chiefs with you. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, Blair. Thanks. Hey, thanks for listening today. And a shout-out to the cast that puts this together. Derek Donovan, Savannah Smith, Randy Mason, Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Pickett. We'll be back on Friday on Sportsbeat KC, where we talk sports in Kansas City. Every day.